0: Former House Speaker Tom DeLay joins us to talk about Congress, conservative ideas, and the presidential race. President Bush met recently with the leaders of Mexico and Canada. Are they working toward a North American union? We'll ask Phyllis Schlafly. Plus, we'll tell you about Barack Obama's sermon, Yesterday in New Orleans. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian Worldview for Christ and Culture.
1: Mr. Gorbachev,
2: tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knocked these buildings down... We'll hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail.
0: Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live! For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson.
3: Wilbur Sneasel presents the Doggy Dance.
4: All right, you've heard the news. Suspended Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick has pleaded guilty to federal dogfighting charges. Here's Michael Vick. He says he has no one to blame but himself.
5: I accept the responsibility for my actions and what I did. And now I have to pay the consequences for it.
4: We're going to talk about those consequences and that responsibility. What should the sentence be? Should we forgive him? Can he be forgiven by the sports world? Should he come back to play football? And a more important question Vick talked about Spiritually, a change that has come through this crisis in his life.
5: And, you know, through this situation, I found Jesus and, you know, I asked him for forgiveness and has turned my life over to God. I think that's the right thing to do as of right now.
4: He found Jesus, he's found forgiveness, and he's turning his life over to God. We're going to talk about what this means, what it means for sports, what it means for young fans, what it means for the NFL. Can he be forgiven? How should he be sentenced? And really, uh, we're going to talk about the animal rights component to this story as well. And so you'll hear the doggy dance again. All of this coming up at the half hour. Don't miss it. We'll take your calls at 530 on this
6: you got to wonder if he's doing the doggy dance up there and talking about this. I guess, well, <laughs> that remains to be seen. But another question we'll be answering or trying to answer is what's going on with these meetings between President Bush, Canadian Prime Minister Harper, and also Mexican President Calderon. There have been three summits in the last two years. One of them was last week. Is this just a way to advance trade opportunities, or is there some kind of a plan to combine these three nations into a union, a North American union like Europe, Phyllis Schlafly will join us to talk about that and more. Okay, today, embattled Attorney General
4: Alberto Gonzalez announced he'll be stepping down. Here he is. Yesterday,
7: I met with President Bush and informed him of my decision to conclude my government service as Attorney General of the United States, effective as of September 17, 2007.
4: All right, what's behind this? You may have seen... Alberto Gonzalez in the news. He's been attacked for the last six months from the left. And uh, President Bush today says, you know what this is about? This is about power politics. This is about dirty politics, the politics of personal destruction. Here's President Bush.
8: It's sad that we live in a time when a talented and honorable person like uh, Alberto Gonzalez is impeding from doing important work. Because his good name was dragged through the mud for political reasons.
4: All right, coming right up in just a moment, former House Majority Leader Tom DeLay, a Texan, is going to be on the line live with us. You don't want to miss that. He's going to tell us what's really going on at the White House with the resignation of Attorney General Gonzalez. And he'll also be talking to us about the presidential race, uh, who's up, who's down. And speaking of that... Barack Hussein Obama was in New Orleans yesterday, not giving a normal political speech, but a sermon, a sermonette, if you will, in the New Orleans, black church style. Here's Barack Obama.
5: And we we praise all those who participated. And I know that I didn't see the program, but Pastor, he got an extra DVD for me to check out the episode. And I just want all of you to know that that what we need now is an extreme makeover in Washington. We're going to have
0: an extreme makeover in our politics, an extreme makeover in attitudes, an extreme makeover in terms of how we care for one another, an extreme makeover in terms of how we think about each other, and how we think about our children, and how we think
5: about our own people how we think about those who need help. That's what this campaign is about, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it with you. And I'm looking forward to being back, so I just want First Emmanuel to know this is this is not goodbye, this is just hello. God bless you all. Thank you.
4: Okay, Penna, what happened at this church yesterday uh, besides that... that uh, organ music in the background and that sort of a preachy style. We're going to hear more of it later. Mm -hmm. Obama said this, quote, I'm getting ready to talk to you today. I recall what Jesus said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. So far, so good. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on that rock. Then he went on to say, after Katrina, something was wrong in America. Our foundation was was not built on the rock. And he went on to say that rock was uh, compassion. Uh, that rock was uh, brotherhood. And uh, we're going to talk to folks about uh, what they think about this Democrat candidate uh, really preaching in a church. It seems to me when the conservatives' candidates are preaching in churches, uh, there's a church and state issue. But uh, when those on the left do it, all is all is well. It's Perhaps always okay. A double standard. Well, let's talk about it with former House Majority Leader Tom Delay. He's written a book, "No Retreat, No Surrender." Welcome back to the program. Congressman DeLay.
1: Oh, Jerry, Pena, it's great to be back with both of you.
4: All right, Representative DeLay, let's go to the news of the day. Alberto Gonzalez resigns. President Bush says, look, this was a kind of a a witch hunt. Um, This was uh, the result of uh, dirty politics. Uh, You've talked about the politics of personal destruction. Tell us what really happened here, and if you would contrast this to the uh, firings during the Clinton administration, we'd appreciate that, too. Yeah,
1: it's it's really unfortunate i i un i certainly can understand why uh... al gonzalez uh... resigned uh, for his own self for the president but i just wish they'd have fought to be honest with you this was a a concocted scandal by the democrat leaderships starting in the senate then it kind of uh... leaked over into the house um, they put a lot of pressure on him the me, the national media uh helped them create this scandal that's not a scandal um but you know this is what goes on as you mentioned the per, the politics of personal destruction, and the Democrats have raised it to a new level i uh, criminalization of politics where they're making charges uh indicting people like me on on laws that don't exist um pulling people up before uh, hearings of the Congress, um, dragging their name through the mud, doing everything they can to destroy their reputation, all for politics. And that's what this was all about. It's really unfortunate that uh, Gonzales felt like he, he needed to to, to leave, but uh, there's, there's nothing wrong here. He did nothing wrong. Um, the president has the right to hire and fire all the US attorneys. As you probably know, uh, Bill Clinton fired all of them when he first took office. At least the president uh, let some of the Democrats uh, prove them their worth before he let them go. Um, but uh, it's, really, it's really a sad situation where our politics finds itself nowadays.
6: Representative DeLay uh, uh, Gonzalez was certainly instrumental in formulating the Bush administration's policies in the war on terror uh, when he was White House counsel. Do you think part of what's happened to him uh, over the last few months and even year or so sort of is uh, related to that in a sense to related to our Iraq uh, policy and our war policy and just the way that we've uh, stopped, we think, terrorist attacks here in this country?
1: Well, I think it has a lot to do with it, but I, I think more than that is the Democrats have no agenda. They have no ideas. Uh, they've been in control of the Congress now for going on uh, eight months, and they've accomplished little or nothing. Uh, the appropriations bills that they're working on right now are huge increases in spending, raising taxes, Um and they feel like the only way they can succeed is to destroy George W. Bush and anybody, and use anybody around him. You saw the attacks they went after Karl Rove. He's he was exonerated more more or less about the Libya affair. Uh, yet they don't give up, and they still attacked him. They attacked uh, Al Gonzalez. They're going to attack anybody that's close to the president uh, in order to destroy the president certainly they they are against the war, and we can talk about the war uh on terror, which we are winning um and and our biggest war it seems to me is is fighting the the war of wills here in the United States, where the Democrats are undermining the will of the American people but um it's it to the democrats it's all it's all about politics uh it's not about ideas it's not about policy it's about politics and and Grabbing power and holding on to that
4: power. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to former House Majority Leader Tom DeLay of Texas. Congressman DeLay, I want you to listen here to Nancy Pelosi making an announcement. Calm down with the threats. There's a new Congress in town. All right, a new Congress in town, and you've mentioned the Democrats running Congress now. They're criticizing the president, his approval ratings in the high 30s. But the Congress's approval ratings, I think, in the mid to lower 20s. Now, I want you to listen to some action on the floor of the House three or four weeks ago. And uh, listen to this. I'm going to ask you to comment.
1: I must first call the vote. The chair, the chair... Prematurely call the vote at two
4: fourteen.
1: <laughs> call the vote at two fourteen.
4: Two fourteen. While there. Well. While there. While there. All right, that's enough of that. But uh, majority leader delay. You know um, this Congress now controlled by the Democrats, constantly uh, attacking the president with these oversight committees. But it sounds to me like they're running a pretty wild operation. I think there was an immigration, there was an agricultural bill up for a vote. There was an immigration, uh, illegal immigration uh, measure that was about to pass, and they saw that it was about to pass. And was there some funny business going on there?
1: Well, it's the arrogance of power, Jerry, uh, l- unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, they came in with an arrogance that's just inc- unbelievable. Uh, I mean, we could spend two days talking about uh, these kinds of incidents, but it all c- came to a head in this particular instance. It was, Without getting down into the weeds, basically there was an amendment that said illegal aliens could not receive benefits from this spending bill, this agriculture spending bill. Um, you were right that the, the Republicans won that amendment. When the leaders uh, saw that they they had won the amendment, they reopened the vote, uh, which is against a violation of the rules. Uh, the the vote had been called. The the Republicans had won it. They reopened it, <laughs> twisted some arms, got some Democrats to switch their votes, and called the vote again and and stole. Uh, the vote away from the Shame
4: Republican. on them. We're out of time. Former House Majority Leader Tom DeLay, thank you for being with us. He's written the book, No Retreat, No Surrender. Get it. Phyllis Schlafly coming up next. Don't
0: miss it. That's Chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
3: Wilbur Sneasel presents the doggy dance. <laughs>
4: All right, that's the doggy dance. We're getting ready in 15 minutes to talk about suspended Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick today, pleading guilty to federal dogfighting charges. Here's what he had to say.
5: I want to apologize um, for all the things that that I've done and that I've allowed to happen.
4: He said he was sorry. He said he apologized for all the things that happened And he said he found Jesus in this. We're going to talk about that in 15 minutes. We'll take your calls. Should he be forgiven? Should he be readmitted to the NFL? Should he have a maximum kind of a prison term? And we're going to compare all the concern about dogs, animals, uh, with the way we're treating human beings, even unborn babies today in our culture, in 15 minutes. Don't miss that.
6: Well, they're calling us nuts, at least some people are, for bringing this up. But a couple of years ago, President Bush made an agreement with the leaders of Mexico and Canada regarding a security and prosperity partnership. Now, they've met since on this, and the three leaders met again on the subject last week. And the question is, is this about a North American union, a la the European Union? With us to talk about it is longtime conservative leader, president of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. Phyllis, thanks for joining us.
7: Hello, Penny, and hello, Jerry. Happy
6: hello. Happy to join you. Well, it's great to have you, and uh, we know that you consider this a great concern. Uh, Europe, of course, is sort of united in an economic union. It uh, took uh, decades to get this going. Now some people want this in uh, America the American Union, the North American Union. I've heard conservatives, though, calling people like uh, you and others who think this is a real possibility nuts. Are you?
7: Well, I'm not sure there are conservatives who were using those terms, but let's just look at what uh, Bush said or didn't say. After they came out of this secret meeting that was closely guarded with a fence penna at Montebello, Canada, uh, the, a Fox a news reporter asked a very key question. Uh, wh- what he asked was, can you say today that this is not a prelude to a North American union similar to a European union? And you know what? Bush and, and, uh, the Prime Minister of Canada and the President of Mexico were all standing there, and they all had something to say, but not one of them denied it. I thought it was a sensational uh, press conference. None of them denied that the Security and Prosperity Partnership is leading to a North American Union. Now, instead, they uh, well, Bush really insulted the questioner, and uh, and those who want an answer by saying uh, accused them of believing in a conspiracy. And Bush twice said he was amused by such speculation. And he sneered at his critics as comical and engaging in political scare tactics uh, to frighten our, our fellow citizens. But he didn't deny it. Hmm, I thought it was, it was just amazing. He, he talked for several paragraphs. He could have said, no, that is not true. He didn't say that. He just launched into a smear of the people who were asking the question. And and then and then Jerry has uh the other two of the three amigos got in the act and uh the Canadian um Harper, Harper um he tried to uh, trivialise it. He said uh they were just dealing with things uh like regulations for jelly beans. And <laughs> he said one of the Canadian a Canadian manufacturer of jelly beans uh, Has complained that he has to make a special uh, jelly bean for the American for the U.S. market because we don't permit a certain red dye that they permit in Canada.
6: Now, so they're just talking about trivial items when this is a majorly important. If if that's
7: all it is, why was it secret? But the other thing is, does harmonizing regulations mean now we have to accept foods with uh, dye in them that would we consider unsafe? Yeah. You know, I've analyzed this news conference uh, that these three, the three amigos answered, and it's extremely revealing. And then, and then they called on the Mexican, Calderon, and uh, he, he called the, uh, uh, the idea of a North American, well, he didn't mention North American Union. He just said the uh, spe- speculation is jovial and funny. And then he launched into why uh, we ought to reduce barriers between our countries and put more investment dollars in Mexico.
4: You're listening but to they Jer-
7: did not deny that the Security and Prosperity Partnership is a stepping stone to a North American Union.
4: Well, let me ask you this, Mrs. Shafley. Isn't this very similar to the way the European Union, particularly, was sold to the Brits? Um, and are your real concerns here about sovereignty?
7: Yes, I'm terribly concerned about sovereignty, uh, or just take the jelly bean thing that uh, Harper thought was so funny. Uh, are we, do we have to submit to some uh, international tribunal that says we, in order to harmonize regulations with uh, another country, we, we have to accept a dye in our jelly beans that, that we don't think is safe? Now, that is a loss of sovereignty. Certainly, we, we should be entitled to set our own standards for food,
6: You know, there's more to it than this, though, Mrs. Schlafly, and I know that you've brought this out before, and it's really the idea that we would become almost, in a sense, one country, at least one union, uh, with these other two countries who in no way have economies like ours. We would not be lifting them, in in a sense, I think, that as we equalize currency and harmonize some of these regulations, our system would suffer, wouldn't it?
7: Well, of course it would, and that's what they want. And if you read some of the material that's coming out of these think tanks, there's one uh, very prestigious one uh, that uses the initials, I think it's CISC. And uh, they've, they're coming out, and they've issued a little uh, uh, preview of it. And their, their expressions are, are economic integration and labor mobility. Now, mm. labor mobility...
6: Open borders?
7: Yeah, sure, that's what it means. And we don't want to be integrated with Mexico or Canada. And just as you said, Pana, they're, they are not like us at all. Uh, if, For example, um, Canada is a socialist country, they, and they have same-sex marriage, which we don't like. Uh, Mexico, uh, they have no uh, respect for property rights or the rule of law. It's an economy that is completely based on bribery. You pay off everybody to get where you want to go. Now, that's not our system.
4: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Phyllis Schlafly. She's president and founder of Eagle Forum. Phyllis, I want to change uh, topics for just a moment. We've been reading a lot in the papers here, even locally, that a lot of Republicans and even conservative Christians are thinking about voting for Giuliani because they see security over and against the sanctity of human life issue. What are you seeing out there, and what is your conviction about supporting a pro-choice, pro-abortion kind of a candidate, pro-homosexual marriage kind of a candidate in the name of national security over and against pro-life candidates?
7: I think it's unacceptable. I I think that the pro-life plank in the Republican platform has been part of the Republican ideology ever since Roe v. Wade. We've been staunch on that, and to give it up would be uh, not only wrong, uh, but it would be foolish, because it would kick away uh, the pro-life constituency of the Republican Party. Uh, I, I have no reason to think that Giuliani is any better on national security than any of the other candidates. Uh, in fact, all the leading candidates are globalists of one kind or another. Uh, they're uh, all for all sorts of uh, NAFTA and UN treaties and so forth. And uh, there's no reason to think Giuliani's any better. But on the social issues, he is very much worse. And uh, I have led the battle to keep the Republican Party pro-life. Uh, we've been successful at every convention since uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, The the pro-life plank went in the platform in 1976, and it was beefed up in 1984, right there in Dallas, where you are. Yes, I was there. With the Illinois delegates on the platform committee, uh, when we put in the language about the fundamental individual right to life of the unborn baby. And we have that hill, and we are not going to give it up.
6: Well, besides that, it's really a winner politically. Are you concerned that people would actually leave the Republican Party uh, if... A Giuliani, for instance, were the nominee? Uh, well, yes,
7: I am. Or uh, more of a danger, they just simply wouldn't vote. You hear people say, well, a pox on both your houses. Yeah. And, and what's the difference anyway? And I hear that every day. The grassroots are very disheartened. And uh, we, we want a leader who's going to be strong for pro-life as well as strong for sovereignty and national defense.
6: Well, Phyllis, we appreciate uh, the hard work you've done over the years because it's actually been decades fighting for many conservative principles, but in this instance, to keep the Republican platform pro-life. We know that uh, you've been the leader in that, and we've got to preserve the victories that you've won. Uh,
7: absolutely, and and we're counting on Texas. You know, you have the Republican Convention in Texas is maybe the most democratic with a small d in the country that is you do elect your people grassroots you'd be amazed how the how the powers that be control the elections of delegates and platform Mm. committee members in in other states but people listening to this program should go to the republican convention of texas and make sure the right people get elected. And, and in Texas, you, you can do that. You can be a leader in this fight.
4: We've got to go. Thank you so much, Phyllis Schlafly, founder. Oh, well,
7: let, let me tell you, eagleforum.org is where you can get follow-up info. All right, Great website.
4: eagleforum.org. Phyllis Schlafly, thank you for being with us. Eagleforum.org. When we come back, Michael Vick admits today, confesses today, pleads guilty today to federal dogfighting charges. Should the NFL allow him to play again? Should the judge give him the maximum sentence? Should he have to give back over $20 million of a signing bonus? Should he be forgiven by society? And he does say, and this is very interesting, that in the process, he's found Jesus. He's found forgiveness. He's found God. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Want to take your calls? Go ahead and start now. 800 881 9270. 800 881 9270. We'll take those calls when we get back.
0: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Crystal College and Crystal Communications.
3: Wilbur Sneasel presents the doggy dance.
4: All right, that's the doggy dance. And uh, Michael Vick today pleading guilty to federal dogfighting charges. In case you don't follow the NFL, this was the number one draft pick. This man was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick pleading guilty to federal dogfighting charges. He also talked about how this crisis impacted him spiritually.
5: If I'm more disappointed with myself than anything, it's because of all the young people, young kids that I've let down. We look at Michael Vick as a role model.
4: Well, there he is talking about how this um, crisis... He's sorry for letting these young people down. Mm-hmm. He's sorry for letting the young people down. Let's Do go what b- I say, not what I do. Let's go back to his original uh, saying. He says, really, he's got no one to blame. That's his cut, too, Larry. No one to blame but himself.
5: I accept the responsibility for my actions and what I did. And now I have to pay the consequences for it.
4: Okay, so he says, I'm sorry for the children. I accept the consequences. I'm guilty. But he says, I've, I'm, I've been on a spiritual journey, too.
5: And, you know, through this situation, I found Jesus and you know, I asked him for forgiveness and have, has turned my life over to God. I think that's the right thing to do as of right now.
4: So he says this was immature. But now I've found Jesus. I've asked Him for forgiveness. I'm going to get right with God. It's a very interesting uh, news conference today, and we've got callers already lighting up the boards. Let's just jump right to the calls. There are a lot of questions here we're going to be asking. We want you to weigh in. David from Dallas. David, what's your comment on Vic?
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't get to hear, uh, and thank you, by the way, for taking my call, Jerry. I really appreciate it. <coughs> I didn't get to hear Michael give his speech. I read through it just about a half an hour ago on ESPN News. And uh, I guess my comments are I was, I think that uh, his situation really is just a statement that shows where our society is, a, is one. You know, it seems to me that uh, from his comments that he, this kid has been passed over that nobody really cared about him. They cared more about uh, what he could do for them. Um, I know he he stated that he wasn't a public speaker, and obviously you could tell just uh, by the way he spoke that uh, he had issues with it. He was probably very nervous. But, uh, you know, it just seems from parenting to education to entertainment, nobody cared about showing this guy what was right, what was wrong. He made a comment that uh, he's turned his life over to Jesus, but then following that comment, he states that he thinks that's the thing to do as of right now, or for now. You know, there's no statement of permanency in that. It just seems like maybe he's just found something that's making him feel better, and I don't believe that's what Christianity or, or turning your life over to Christ is all about as well as his final comment that you haven't aired, but uh, at the end of his statement, he makes a comment which goes against turning your life over to Christ at all, and that's the statement that says, I will redeem myself.
4: Yes, that's very interesting. And
3: Christ is the Redeemer, not himself. So I, I really think, you know, Jerry, I just think he just doesn't get it. You know, he says he takes responsibility, but he was lying through this entire thing up until the point where he was, you know, where it was too late for him to do anything else.
4: All right, David, we've got to move on to the next caller, but thanks so much for those insights. And so, David, they're kind of questioning whether or not this is a genuine repentance. Uh, Actually, Larry, let's move on to Soundbite 3 because I want you to listen to uh, this apology.
5: I want to personally apologize to Commissioner Goodell Arthur blank Coach Bobby Petrino, my Atlanta Falcon teammates, uh, you know, for our pre for our previous discussions that we had, and I was not honest and, and forthright in our discussions.
4: All right, so he's apologizing for lying there. that's very interesting. We can talk about whether or not this is a genuine conversion, and only God truly knows that. But the Bible says, "Bring forth the fruit." of repentance. That's what John the Baptist said. And I know one of the fruits would be that you actually confess. Uh, And he says, hey, I didn't even tell the truth about this to start with, and I'm apologizing for that. I find that very interesting. He he just didn't make the statement today, the guilty plea. He kind of went back and tried to clear the air with some other things that had been messed up here. So we're going to keep following this. We've got Iris on the line from Rockwall. Iris, what do you think?
9: Well, I just think that um, if he is truly repentant, which is questionable at this point, that he will desire not only to make amends, but I feel that he should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law because we as Christians are accountable for our acts. We are forgiven when we ask God to forgive us, but we are also accountable and he should be accountable. This is a horrible thing that he did, and, and, and I think you have a good point that that in, early in your story you mentioned abortion, and I, I I pray against abortion every day, and I pray that someday we'll see it completely outlawed in the United States, but the bottom line is that animals are God's creatures as well, and this is a horrendous thing, and it is an awful statement, an awful role model thing, but um, I want to make sure, my contention would be to see if this is really just jailhouse religion, and um, a few days ago he made the comment that people would love him no matter what he did, and then for him to suddenly say that he's become a Christian and he's sorry, it doesn't really add up.
6: We're going to have to be watching it's really because, as Dr. Johnson said, only God knows, but you mentioned abortion, Iris, and uh somebody brought up the fact that if he had invested the money that he invested in this dog fighting in an abortion clinic, he wouldn't be in trouble with the law right now because that's perfectly legal mm. uh, but instead you know we're all in a tizzy over the dogs, and I am too, because it was it's very cruel and it's awful, and of course, the lying is uh You know, just unbelievably bad example. But now it's in the hands of the courts. And in a sense, he is also apologizing to the commissioner. And his life is a little bit in the hands of the commissioner uh, because he still hasn't been cut from the uh, from the football league. He's still part of it. He's suspended. And I think there's a hope out there that says, you know, he may be playing again. I also heard another comment today, which is very interesting, in light of our one caller who said he couldn't talk very well. And that is that his presence was such that if he didn't make it in the NFL, perhaps uh, he would make it in Hollywood.
4: Joanne on the line from Hill. Joanne, thank you so much for calling and holding. What do you think?
6: Well, I
10: think that uh if he has actually accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior, of course he's forgiven and uh that being forgiven doesn't mean that we're free from consequences. Uh David was a man after God's own heart, but yet he had to pay the consequences of his sin. So, uh you know, I hope he has come to Christ. Uh, that would certainly uh help him in his uh, uh the way he handles himself in the future and the decisions he makes in the future. But that doesn't free us from consequences by being a Christian.
4: Thank you so much, Joanne. I think you, you're you expressing there a lot of... Uh... Uh, That's a consensus out there among uh, believers. We want to believe this is a sincere conversion. If it is a sincere conversion, we know God forgives. We know God forgives all kinds of sin, and we know uh, that there's a consequence for these kinds of sins, and, of course, a legal consequence. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College with Pennedexter. We're talking about Michael Vick, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, today pleading guilty to federal dogfighting charges. He said he did it. But he also said, now i found Jesus in this crisis, and I've sought His forgiveness, and I'm trying to walk with God. He's admitted to lying. But the judge today said, he's not bound by any restrictions. There's a one-to-five-year sentence guideline here, but the judge says, I'm not bound by that. Because you've pled guilty, I can go anywhere I want to go with this. This is fascinating. This judge could really give him a doozy of a sentence. We're going to see what it is. What do you think it should be? Should he be permanently... um, Banned from the NFL. Let's go to April. April, I think, is off the line. Let's go to Tina from Red Oak. Tina, thank you so much for calling. Tina, you're on the line.
10: Yes, thank you for taking my call, Jerry. I was just about to address the issue about him being banned from the NFL permanently. I would would think that if that's going to be the condition or, or his punishment that Every NFL player in the future who is convicted of any type of misdemeanors or felonies of any nature would also be banned from the NFL. Um, and I also was concerned about the issue about him being a dog fighter. and I know that's very horrible that he is fighting dogs because he's saying that he isn't, but I'm pretty sure he was. But um, Well,
6: he's we have- later admitted that he, he was. I'm sorry? He has later admitted that he was. He lied yeah. about it at first.
4: That he that he was actually fighting the dogs. He was fighting them, and he also, uh, through his attorney, admitted that he was a part of a group that killed these dogs. Now he didn't admit to personally killing them, but he said, "You know, the defendants." Um, admits that with the others they caused the death of these dogs, mm-hmm. and so. But as from what we can understand, they electrocuted some of these dogs, they drowned some of these dogs. Dogs that did not perform well were executed. Let's move on to Michael from uh, Langville. Michael, thank you much for call Thank you so much for calling. Uh, what's your view on Vic?
2: Oh, I just think. I
1: remember the parable where Jesus talked about the um, man who forgave the other man's debt, and then. The other guy
4: went wow. back and
1: and uh, ended up going to one of his one of the other servants that owed him money and threw him in prison. Yes, and he he got forgiven, but he wouldn't forgive somebody else. Yes. And I think we need to forgive him for that because if he if he uh, truly is saved, like he says he is, then we shouldn't be judging. We need to forgive yes.
4: him. And yes. As far
1: as the dog fighting and stuff goes, I think if in the United States he should have probably. Beat up a pregnant woman, or killed, or killed a a person because you kill an animal in the United States, and they're harsher on you than killing human
4: beings. Well, we got to go, Michael. Thank you for that call. When we come back, Michael Vick, what is the biblical view of this story today?
0: College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1 899 0012 or on the web go to chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
3: We intend to do that. Uh, we sent out uh, this morning uh, a demand letter uh, with respect to that. Um, we will pursue it uh, aggressively.
4: All right, that's Rich McKay. He's Atlanta Falcons general management and uh, manager. He says they're going to try to get back over $20 million of signing bonus from Michael Vick. He's the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. He's suspended now. He's pleaded guilty to federal dogfighting charges. And uh, a judge could send him for, sentence him for up to five years in prison. But Michael Vick says he's got religion.
5: And, you know, through this situation, I found Jesus. And you know, asked him for forgiveness and have, has turned my life over to God. I think that's the right thing to do as of right now.
6: Well, I noticed that uh, prosecutors actually proposed a twelve to eighteen month sentence, so uh, that may be the uh, sort of the ballpark that he ends up getting. But let's go back to the phones and uh, go to Charlie. Charlie, thanks for calling.
8: Thank you so much for taking my call. And after listening to the comments that I've heard uh, concerning Mike Vick, I, I don't think that we are in. We can be judgmental of whether or not his conversion is real with God. And I just heard Jerry use a term that I don't like to use, and he said that Michael uh, got religion. But religion is it's not about religion. It's about a relationship yes. with Jesus. And whenever a person confesses, if you notice prior to him uh, receiving Christ as his Savior, he lied as was to what he did. We all do that until we are caught. And then when we are caught, we try to weed our way out of it. But I am so glad that he has received Christ. This, he's learned his lesson. And I'm going to pray that that judge will be just a little lenient with him. And not to just strip him of everything, but if we are going to be the body of Christ, as we say we are, then why aren't our arms reaching out more? Then why aren't our love not showing for people who want to come to Christ? And I'm going to pray, and I believe in prayer, that God is going to work with that judge and be a little lenient with Michael Vicks. Thanks for listening.
6: Well, uh, she believes... The confession, the statement that Michael Vick makes that he has received Christ. Some are more skeptical, but uh, you know, we don't know. We've got to watch his life and we've got to watch the fruits. Let's go now to Josh. Josh is in Fort Worth, and thanks for calling, Josh. How are y'all doing? Great.
2: Good. Uh, well, I'm a I'm a youth pastor, and you know, I I know as a Christian, I've I've blown it, you know, and I've and I've. Uh, acted outside of what God wanted for my life and all I wanted was God's grace and that and his mercy and that's all he gave me he didn't send somebody to say it's a full extent of the law or whatever the case may be God's love and mercy is is, is what He has stored up for us, and whether we're good or bad, the Bible says that be- while we're yet still sinners, when we're unsaved, Christ died for us in that present state.
6: So, what, well, so before you were a youth pastor, let me just ask you, were you convicted of a crime?
2: No, no, it wasn't in a, in a, cri- a, a crime area like that, but I'm saying it's, it was a, a crime w- with God, it was sin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sin is sin, and what I'm, what I'm saying here is is that I, I pray that God's grace and mercy will, will be with him, and I'd say amen to the last caller, because uh, if you think about his current situation, if he just got born again, the Holy Spirit's showing him all his sin, and he's, he's sorrowful for that now. So
6: do you think if somebody becomes a Christian, then they should not be punished for crimes that they actually did commit and even admitted to commit? Just becoming a Christian, you think that bars you from needing punishment by the state
2: no I, I i definitely don't think that at all i mean there's murders that on um, death row receive jesus and they get electrocuted and go to meet him in the air but i i think that like the last caller said that the judge should be lenient with him and i pray god's favor be upon him you know next time if he tried to do this again I, I i think that you know he should have learned his lesson this time and you know go ahead and give him whatever the law allows If he's going to say he met Jesus, he's not going to do it again or whatever and does it again. But, you know, right now during this time period, I think everyone should get off of his life and focus on witnessing for the loss or something else.
6: Okay. Well, thanks, Josh. We appreciate your call. We're going to take Tina. Do we have time? Let's go to Tina in Dallas. Tina, thanks for calling. Yes, I would
10: like to just um, kind of so the other two callers. And that, you know, I think one of the worst mistakes um, Michael Vick might have made is by publicly making the statement that I found Jesus, simply because it probably was not the right terminology for what actually happened. We're uh, speculating that he had an experience uh, that was a regenerative experience in his life. And I don't think at this point, with all the chaos, that we should have yeah, expectation that he's been regenerated in a way that most Christians understand when you say I'm saved and I have a true relationship with Christ. So I echo the other votes that we should be prayerful for all folks uh who are seeking Christ and also um offer a forgiveness where it's needed because you know he who is without sin should cast the first stone. Of course, he needs to be held accountable for his action, but I think he does need um, some forgiveness as well. And maybe a strong brother, come alongside him and mentor him and what that actually means to say, I found Jesus.
4: Thank you, Tina, for that call. Let's hear, once again, Michael Vick in his own words.
5: And, you know, through this situation, I found Jesus. And I asked him for forgiveness and has turned my life over to God. I think that's the right thing to do as of right now.
4: All right, Michael Vick says he's guilty of dogfighting, of killing dogs as well. But he says, I have now found Jesus. I've asked him forgiveness, and I'm turning over my life to God. Well, let me just say, we need to know what the Bible has to say about this kind of a confession. And I want to say, uh, first of all, anytime anyone says they found Jesus, that's a good thing. And we should not be skeptical when someone says that. That's a confession. It's a kind of a confession of faith. And then when the person adds to that, that they found forgiveness from Jesus, it shows me they understand what the gospel really is about. Because that is what the gospel is about. Christ died for our sins. Jesus died for our sins on a cross. He took the punishment. He took the hell. He took the judgment that we deserve as a payment for our sin so that we could be forgiven. He rose again, and He is alive. He was seen by hundreds, and He offers us a changed life. And when Vic says He's turned His life over to God, that's the idea of Lordship, if He really means that. That is the proper Christian idea of lordship. Now, I know he said he's going to redeem himself. I could see, though, where a new Christian would kind of confuse that terminology. We know the Bible says, in whom there is redemption through his blood. Only Jesus' blood can redeem us before God. But it, it is true that someone who's done this sort of thing thinks, I need to redeem myself in the public eye. I need to redeem myself in the NFL. I need to redeem myself before the court of public opinion. And that's where he can bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. The Bible talks about that. And I think he's begun to do that when he says, I lied and I'm sorry about that too. And I left down these fans and I'm sorry about that too. And I think it's real easy to bash the word religion. But James 1 says this pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If this is the real deal, if he really found Jesus, he will get and have that pure religion, and we'll see. The proof will be in the pudding.
0: You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.